0: This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash podcast and give us many of the stars. <laughs> Welcome home.
1: Thank you. This is
0: a late... Sunday night slash Monday morning whenever this goes up podcast just uh-huh. cause you just got home. I got and home. we still wanted to get this out this weekend. Sometime. Yeah,
1: I was like in the cab on my way home and text him like I'm home. I forgot if I'm supposed to record with you tomorrow or answer's
0: not. always yes.
1: Always yes. Um so yeah, I was in Seattle and Portland. It was incredible. It was so much fun. I got to see my best friends who live in Portland and we went to the coast. And went to Cannon Beach, which is, ugh, oh, it was great. It was so great. It was wonderful and great and great and wonderful. Sounds like a I would great say. trip. Great and good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like, I've been home for less than 24 hours. Yeah. I have to go back to work tomorrow. I napped today. I am, it might as well be four in the morning on a Tuesday. I don't know when or where I am. So That's what I'm here for. Yeah, also I told him like I'm not gonna have any stories because not only like did I not have time to do research, I have not been listening to the news or any podcasts. I'm more impressed by that
0: than anything else because I I don't think I'm capable of (laughs) No, I actually did really well.
1: Like I would skim through Twitter a little bit but not dig into anything. I only got in one Facebook fight with a stranger. Nice. Um, which I thought went well. Um, as and long as you win
0: a Facebook fight, yeah, that's I all mean, that matters.
1: Yeah, that's really how I measure my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I, 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 I've heard of a task force.
0: Yep, we'll talk about that.
1: And I think that's kind of all I know that's happened in the last <laughs> ah. week. So I'm nervous. All right. And also, if my dog is extra loud in the background, she just got back this morning and has not left she, me out. Like, she
0: looks bigger than normal.
1: She's the same fucking size, Hemant. She's not growing.
0: She looks bigger.
1: But anyway, if you hear her clicking around... It's I don't think she, you
0: notice it when you see her every day. I just but. didn't see her for 10 <laughs> days. We just
1: haven't seen her for the same number of days, Hemant. Anyway, if... She, I'm muttering in the background. It's because she's been especially needy today. Yes, I see
0: it. Do you want to start with sexual harassment story one or sexual harassment story two? Oh, God.
1: Why didn't I I come back from vacation? I know.
0: Welcome home. Let's start with this one. Um, It has to do with Willow Creek Mega Church in the the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Here's the background. We talked about this when it first happened, so Mm -hmm. I'll catch people up on that if you're not familiar. This is when you hear people talk about megachurches. This is the one that kind of started it all. This is this is like everyone looks up to Willow Creek and the pastor Bill Hybels because they're the ones who do it right, and they're the ones who teach everyone else how to do it, or at least they are the model for how everyone does. Interesting.
1: I would have thought that it started in the the South.
0: Yeah, and you would think like it would be a pastor who has a big public name too, and Hybels. purposely, famously, I think, said, I don't want to do that. Hmm. Uh, So he built the model his way, and a lot of people have copied it, and it's worked to a big extent. And so anyway, this, uh, I think in uh, March, beginning of March or something, the Chicago Tribune basically posted this long, long article detailing how a number of women who worked closely with him said Bill Hybels, the founder of this church, had been inappropriate with them for a long time. Hello, doggy, right here. So here's the thing. Sorry. Here's what they said about him back then. Because he is not, uh, let's make no mistake, he didn't, like, do a Harvey Weinstein sort of thing. This wasn't about he was forcing women to have sex against their will. But this was still bad. And it, it doesn't, just because he didn't, you know, do all the horrible things that come to mind doesn't mean... He didn't do something uh, Yeah, right.
1: and we've, we've talked about this weird thing of like comparing sexual predators and right. how icky that gets really quickly.
0: Right. So among the things, and by the way, this uh, pastor, Bill Hybels, he was called by Time Magazine one of the 25 most influential evangelicals in America. Nate. Yep. So, I mean, he's not a nobody. He's yeah, a big yeah. deal in the Christian world. So um, um, without getting into all the details, this is what they said in March. The list of women who were talking with their names publicly in this article, they included suggestive comments, extended hugs, Uh, an unwanted kiss, invitations to hotel rooms. Uh, One woman said there was a prolonged consensual affair, but when they actually asked her to go on the record about it, she basically said, I was just kidding. And, all right, so Great we don't joke. know what to make of that. But anyway, there was a lot of weird things going on. And the thing is, the women who were making these claims were women who were in positions of leadership, some mm-hmm. of them, in the church. And they had to go on trips with him to, to preach the gospel and whatnot. And they said this stuff was happening then. It made the work, world very, work environment very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And they came forward with it. And w- when we talked about it at that time, the result from this is that first they said, you know, he said it never happened. This is some sort of conspiracy. Sure. The church backed him up on that in some way. They said, we did an investigation and nothing came up. But, mm-hmm. like, it was a church investigation. And there was a lot of shadiness about how much, how seriously should we take that investigation. Eventually, when Bill Heibel spoke about it, like shortly after that article came out, the church gave him a standing ovation as they always do in these cases.
1: Mm -hmm, Because he's so brave.
0: (laughs) But as uh, not even a long time, after a little time had passed, the church was like, we're going to do a more thorough investigation. We'll hire an independent outside party. Uh, People in the church leadership said... Look, whatever happened, if these women were, had felt like they had to hide this, that's bad. Yeah. We, are, we support you. We're going to make whatever changes we need to make to prevent that. Fine, good. They said the things they're supposed to say sure. only after they said all the wrong things sure. that they weren't supposed to say. So, okay, the investigation actually happened, and as far as we know, they basically said he was cleared. Like, on their end, they didn't see anything... That he broke the rules. And just to be clear, he didn't commit any crimes, but he did break a lot of the rules the church sets for itself. This is about hypocrisy and doing things wrong in the name of God and his own ethics that he was preaching. Yeah. Not that he did anything criminal. Okay. So that's the past. This morning, Sunday morning. So that all
1: happened this spring.
0: That all happened this spring, yeah. Months ago, I thought it was pretty much over because he was going to retire like either end of this year or next year. He said, you know what? I'm going to retire now. And I'll, I was already going to hand off. He already uh, named two co-pastors to take his position Both years ago. Men? Uh No, one woman actually, okay. which was a big deal too at yeah. the time. He said, you know, I'm going to hand it off to them. And they were already in place. So he's like, I'm just going to step away now. Sure. So, fine. You would think, all right, they're going to move on. This is sad, bad for the church, mm-hmm. and whatever. Like, But good riddance. Today morning, another woman came forward with her story, and this was separate from anything that the Chicago Tribune to- wrote today, about.
1: Today, August 5th?
0: Yep. So, today? This morning. Uh, here's the story without telling you everything, but like, uh, this is the New York Times religion reporter, Lori Goodstein, reporting. She said that a woman... Basically, named uh, Pam Baranowski, she was his executive assistant for, like, nearly a decade in the 1980s. Uh Um, And she thought God had guided her to this church that was doing amazing things. Bill Hybels, like, the connection she had with him came from, like, a random coincidence, too. Mm -hmm. So she's like, wow, God must be putting us together for me to work at this church. And... To the point where, at the time, because of whatever she was going through in her personal life, she actually was invited by Bill Hybels to move into his house for a while while she was adjusting to the new location and everything, okay. which was fine. Sure. Um, she she said uh, they lived with the family. Ate, she ate dinner with the family. She went on vacation with the family. She was part of their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to quote from the article. Um, at one point, this is when the rest of the family is away, um, the Pastor, Bill Hybels, took Miss Baranowski out for dinner when they got home. Mr. Hybels offered her a back rub in front of the fireplace gross. and told her to lie face down. Gross, gross. Stunned, she remembered feeling unable to say no to her boss and pastor as he straddled her, unhooked her bra, and touched her near her breasts. No, thank you, please. And et cetera, et cetera. The first back rub in 1986 led to multiple occasions over nearly two years in which he fondled her breasts and rubbed against her. The incidents later escalated to one occasion of oral sex. Okay, so all this happened. She didn't tell anybody. This
1: poor woman. Yeah,
0: she didn't tell anyone he, for She's two reasons. she go to
1: work with him every
0: yeah. day. One, she was she she didn't know what to do with that information. What do you, what do you tell? Who's going to believe you? And second, she's like, I don't want to hurt the ministry, yeah, which fuck. is another big reason this happens in church settings, uh, that, mm. uh, that this problem is especially a problem in churches is because they feel like they would be doing a disservice to God right. by going forward and, like, fuck. knocking the pastor yeah. uh, or saying something bad about him. So anyway, this story came out. And here's the, I didn't even tell you the weirdest, creepiest oh, detail. No. This is in the nineteen eighties. Remember James Dobson, who started focus on the family. Yeah, he was preaching against pornography and and how he was
1: true warrior, true warrior.
0: And now it's on video, you know, and that's <laughs> bad. So at one point, Bill Hybels like, I need to educate myself about this topic.
1: Fuck I'll me. Qu- I'll quote again.
0: That was the idea. This is, I'll quote again, calling it research, Mr. Hybels once instructed Miss Baranowski to go out and rent several pornographic videos, she said, to her great embarrassment. He insisted on watching them with her, she said, while he was dressed in a bathrobe. No! oh uh-huh. put on pants! No, so. no, you watch porn in the bathrobe with your work colleague. So. Oh my God. So this is, here's... Here's the follow up on so, this. So, this article comes out. First of all, Heibels denies any of this. Typical. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious. Did no, they do an No, watching invest-
1: porn in my bathroom with my coworker would be a super <laughs> fucking weird thing to do. I would never do that.
0: Uh, the, I'm wondering, they did the investigation, they said, and he was cleared. I'm wondering, did they not? To know about this woman? Well, who nobody worked closely specifically
1: with him? asked if he was wearing a bathrobe when he wrote the porn, so it didn't count. Well, it makes
0: me wonder? Like, she worked with them for a decade. Did they not even talk to her then? I mean, or did even she if not tell did, them about? She this? maybe didn't say anything. Maybe she didn't. But I'm. It almost feels like they didn't even bother chatting with her since oh, no, no. she never she accused him. Two things be time.
1: true. <laughs> it, like she c- clearly didn't come forward, but it's also and just maybe she didn't feel comfortable like, telling them. Right?
0: Yeah. Okay. So that that all happened. Since then because this came out this morning, one of those two people that he said is my replacement pastor, the guy, uh, Steve Carter, I believe, is his name, he put out a thing saying, I'm resigning today. Yay. And what he said is, I actually tried resigning, like, weeks ago. What? Um, and they said, please don't, because let us figure out how to replace you first before you leave. And he said one of the points of contention between him and the people who run the church mm-hmm. is how do you handle a situation like this without getting into details? He said, I wanted to go do one thing or re- address it a certain way. The church leaders said some other way of doing it. They disagreed. And after today's report, he's like, I can't deal with this. Or at least, and, and I mean that in a good way. He's like, I don't know what to do here, but God's I'm telling out, me yeah. I'm out. So I'm just effective immediately. He's Yikes. out. So that happened in the afternoon. Um, one other thing I would say Willow Creek, one of the things Bill Hybels was known for at Willow Creek, and this has made them known worldwide, mm-hmm. is that they host a leadership summit okay. because they're well-respected. In Naperville? Uh, they're well-respected everywhere. They, <laughs> no, host... No, they
1: host the leadership summit oh, in Naperville?
0: No, it's it's in South Barrington where the church is, oh, but South this Barrington. is live-streamed out across the world. Wow. People have to pay to watch the live streams. Churches play it like a movie theater that's like live-streaming it, and you can all- Go watch it together. Uh It's like pay-per-view sort of thing. Um, It's been growing and growing for years. They've been 20... You're 23 now. It's taking place next weekend. Yeah. The Leadership Summit hosted by Willow Creek.
1: Have we been invited?
0: We are not. Um, More than 100 churches that were planning to hold Uh viewing parties of sorts have now dropped out. This is before today's thing this is just based on the women from March. Would,
1: and I'm sorry, do you know, do you have a number of how many generally stream it?
0: Uh, I think more than 700 had signed up to okay, run so this a Okay, so it's a
1: significant percentage.
0: And hundreds wow. of thousands of individuals who are going to participate by sure. watching. Denzel Washington was scheduled to speak, but he said no, not today, but because of the women in March. He's like, yeah, I'm not participating anymore. They had Bono in the past speak. They've had uh, other people speak.
1: I don't think Denzel Washington Um, will ever let me down. God, famous last words. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, Denzel, don't let us down.
0: So now the question is, now that this thing came out, how many more of these churches are going to drop? Who are the churches staying in? How are they? Why are they even running this conference at this point? Yeah. Because what, what their entire leadership summit should be should be just like looking into a camera saying, don't. Be us. Do
1: you see what we did? Yeah. We did a bad.
0: Yeah, just do everything differently than we did. That should be the whole leadership be summit. Takes five minutes, we're done with the whole thing. Like a
1: little a little like a rule of thumb that I like to give people is um if you have a female coworker, never unhook her bra.
0: Or watch porn together in your bathroom.
1: I mean, listen, yes, for sure, but I would say if we could all start with not unhooking anyone else's bra without their consent. I think that's a great starting off point. Wouldn't you say, Hammett?
0: That would be a good starting.
1: Point. I think it's a good starting point and I don't think it's too high a bar to cross. Obviously it is, cuz <laughs> bars could be <laughs> 10 stories underground <laughs> and men would still tunnel under them. But whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah.
0: So I I don't know. I'm so curious what the conversation was like Can this we morning. Get in you on know it was interesting. Oh, I mean, we could always watch it, but they only said before today's reports came out. They said they were going to spend the first whatever 10 minutes whoever introduces people uh-huh. talking about the incidents uh, from capital the past. T, I. Right. And now I don't know what they're going to do. I'll be curious. I did. As soon as the New York Times report came out, I'm like, that's Sunday morning. They have services this morning. Oh, so I turned on the live stream to watch it, and they do two services in the morning. I turned it on during the second live stream. As it turned out, uh, this American Life... Ira Glass, the host Uh of This American Life, was there. He was going to be interviewed on stage by the pastor, the one who ended up quitting today. Um, And they do this all the time. They invite people who tell stories and are inspiring to to motivate people, right? So that wasn't a big deal. I don't know how much of the New York Times report Ira Glass was aware of, but what I saw uh, in the few minutes that I watched the live stream is that a pastor who wasn't Steve Carter... Gets on stage, basically tells a funny story about like this the earlier session this morning uh-huh. is basically the first time he's done an interview on stage. This is his second one. And the reason is he said, you know, right before I was, uh, he said, The leader of the church or somebody pulled him aside and said, Steve can't go on. He's throwing up. So here's his note card of questions. You're going to do it. And the guy's like, ha ha, isn't that funny? So Ira, let's talk about your stuff. And they went ahead and talked about it. Did not address the story. And so
1: we don't know what Ira Glass knew.
0: Yeah, we don't know what he knew. I'm not blaming him on his Uh, reaction or lack of mentioning it at all. That's not his fault. But I was like, oh, Steve Carter was sick. And then only hours later did he say, I quit. So, like, I think they were just covering (laughs) for, hey, our pastor just quit. You need to go do this because the show must go on.
1: Oh, yikes.
0: (laughs) Man, this whole church is imploding.
1: What a mess. Uh Uh-huh. Okay.
0: So, kudos to the women for speaking out because that cannot have been easy. One of the things that really stuck out to me, Lori Goodstein posted on Twitter that, like, she's known Heibels for Ever. Because she's been writing about religion for a long time. He's been a key influential evangelical figure for a long time. And so she knows the work he does. And by and large, the work Willow does is kind of incredible. Like, volunteer work. Mm-hmm. Not just mission work. But, right. like, they're helping people in across the world. And, like, to learn this about someone that you thought you knew, even professionally. It has to be devastating. Yeah, that's what she was like, yeah, it was weird. And, and she's not even part of the church. No, So what but happens when you're part of that church? Yeah. And she also said the, the lady who came forward that she wrote about today, she's the sort of person who organized conferences for thousands of people and, apparently, you know, did it fine. She did mm-hmm. a good job of it. And... Like, she's at the point, she got to the point where she could hardly do anything Ugh. because of the impact this had this on her. Woman. So, kudos to her for telling her story. Yeah. And it'll be, I'll be curious to see what happens, yeah, mm-hmm. in the next week. Okay. So, uh, do you want to move on to a different one or yeah, do you want to do pretty, sexual hey, harassment hey. story number two? Uh,
1: you know what? Let's knock out all the sexual all harassment right. in one go. Let's
0: talk about the Jeff Sessions uh Thing. Oh,
1: yeah, what so, the <laughs> fuck is going so, on? I literally, all I know <laughs> is that there's a task force yeah. and Religious Freedom Task force, is it called. Yeah,
0: Jeff Sessions announced also Religious Freedom Task Force. And I saw that Freedom and task I was
1: force. like, well, Orwellian... The Aurelian future is now.
0: (laughs) The Aurelian future
1: is a year ago.
0: It's one of these things that they branded it the Religious Freedom Task Force, but it doesn't actually do anything special. What it does is basically saying we have these objectives in our Department of Justice from last year uh that we're just going to enforce. And what that means is when it comes to, you know, fighting cases in court, they're going to stand on the side of religious freedom whatever, which they were going to do anyway. Yeah. Um, they also said, you know, the IRS, the Johnson Amendment, that if you're preaching, uh, promoting a candidate from the pulpit, the IRS could take away your tax exemption. They're basically saying we're not going to direct the IRS to go after you, which is a way of saying you could do whatever you want, pastors. Cool. So the criticism of the Religious Freedom Task Force is that for all the talk of religious freedom it's not really about freedom. It's really about saying conservative Christians will get their way with the full force of the government. We're on their side. Everyone else is fucked. Like, they're not, no reasonable person thinks this uh, religious freedom task force is going to defend Muslim rights, atheist rights. fuck no. Absolutely Uh, not. No. In fact, when he announced it, who was surrounding him? He was surrounded by the Colorado baker who refused to serve a gay couple. Uh Uh, He was surrounded by Catholic bishops who say we want to do adoption agencies, but not if we're talking about gay parents who want to adopt, and we still want federal funding, taxpayer funding for this. Those bishops were there, like and members of Alliance Defending Freedom, the conservative Christian legal group. I know. I know this is a. He didn't even hide it. No, (laughs) this is
1: kind of a dumb question, maybe or naive, I guess. But when. Like, me and Jeff Sessions both look out over the world, over Mm -hmm. the country, and see what the main issues are. I guess I'm just confused as to how you can think that the biggest issues that are facing us right now, as the Attorney General, are religious freedom, wherein Christians are the majority... Like, how the hell could they reasonably say
0: Christians are the victims in all of this? Right,
1: right. And, like, I get that, like, session. Because, I mean, granted, like, our, you know, atheist groups go after, like, crosses on public property, which I would absolutely say, like, yes, is something we should be worried about. But I wouldn't be like, hey, we need to do a a task force because (laughs) this, this needs to stop. (laughs) As opposed to, like... Uh, homeless youth or homeless adults or homeless veterans. Of all the things the Justice Department could be
0: worrying about. Uh, not serving a cake is hardly the priority of right. the country.
1: Yeah, that's black absolutely people true. are getting shot by cops. Yeah,
0: they're not focusing on that one. But you know, gotta not serve. Fla- just, make flowers it, for somebody's wedding. Oh, it's just so wild. Just keep in mind, seventy percent of the country is some form of Christian. Ninety percent of Congress is some form of Christian. Uh, they're not the mind They're not the ones getting attacked here.
1: Sounds like it according yeah. to this task force. Yeah.
0: I guess, so anyway, I guess they'll sorry. also set up the war on Christmas and make plans to fight in that one, too. Cool. Um, just to be clear, uh, this is obvious. All the church-state separation groups are like, this is BS. Mm. You're not doing anything for religious freedom. We're the ones fighting for mm-hmm. religious freedom here because church-state separation groups are fighting for neutrality. Right. Jeff Sessions is fighting for Christian supremacy. And uh, not only that, there are a number of religious organizations that said the exact same thing to Jeff Sessions, like, dude, what the hell? Like, we're doing fine. The issues at hand are about discrimination and bigotry. Right. It's not about Christians not you being know, able to worship. You know, the real
1: problems. Yeah,
0: it's, the Christians can worship. No one's going into their churches. No one's saying you can't preach about this or that. You know, uh, you can be advocates. If you think uh, homosexuality is wrong, you could preach it. Yeah. No one's stopping you from doing that. Yeah. So they're just being... Nine all the Church Day separation people. groups just want churches to play by the same rules as everyone else, and they want Christians to play by the same rules as everyone else.
1: Okay, my eyes are anyway, rolling in the back of my head, so we have to move on. That's
0: the right answer. Okay, I'll give you a I'll give you a not serious one for a second. There, Wait, was
1: that the end of the sessions thing? That, there's just, nothing
0: else. He just announced it and then faded away into the bushes as they do in this administration. What the
1: fuck is going on? I'm gone for 10 It's all days. for show.
0: I mean, but they'll do it. But we already knew they were doing it. But it was just but a show. They were already doing it. Yeah, it's so
1: it's they don't even have like a plan.
0: The plan is, you know, that memorandum that said these are the things we stand for. We're just gonna back that up. We're gonna take it really seriously from now on.
1: They don't even have a plan. Nah. That's a Friends joke. <laughs> I watched a lot of Friends this weekend nice. with my friends. Nice. My- <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> i didn't think i was gonna need two glasses of wine for this this episode oh, I, thought, I, I thought you were gonna go easy on me i haven't
0: even gotten to I'm the broccoli still yet i'm on island
1: time what broccoli oh, yeah. damn right i ate broccoli for dinner it's delicious charred
0: you're not going to after i talk to you
1: 475 cook it for about 20 minutes <laughs> lemon and parmesan it'll change your life if you don't like broccoli you'll like this broccoli i got my husband to eat broccoli please tell me about broccoli
0: we're not getting to broccoli yet. Why? I got something else. I got to talk about masturbation first. Jesus okay.
1: Right. There is a priest.
0: Oh. <laughs> there is a priest who said, you know, he has a solution to all the sexual abuse in the Catholic Church, and he's a past. He's a priest, so he he would know. Like, here's what we need to do to stop it. He says, Would he know? No. He says the reason all these pastors are. Um, are going after young boys uh-huh. is for a couple reasons. One is that they lust after people, like they lust after women they see or boys. Yeah,
1: we fucking know. And also
0: dog. they touch themselves, and that's impure. And this is all the church says masturbation is wrong. But these people ent- entertain impure thoughts, which is adultery of the heart. And so he says, quote, both entertaining impure thoughts and masturbation are intrinsically evil acts. This shit needs to stop.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Okay. By the way, his name
0: is Father Regis Scanlon. Just so.
1: When you brought up Reverend Scanlon. Yes. Yes. And the words masturbation and child abuse, I assumed it was like, hey, maybe we should let these dudes masturbate so they're not. No, no, no.
0: That's the sensible thing to think. Like, let them do whatever as long as they're not hurting anybody. No, no, no. Here's his solution. He says, every seminary, every seminary, when they're taking in applicants, Uh here's how you solve the sex abuse problem. Tell me. You ask them, Have you had any lustful thoughts, impure thoughts, in the past year? Have you masturbated in the past year? And if the answer is yes, you don't get to be in seminary. That's a solution to sex abuse. So if you had
1: a single impure thought...
0: Then you are not fit to be a Catholic priest. And if you only allowed in the people who didn't have those thoughts... There will be no more abuse, he thinks.
1: Well, okay, you know I hate to side with anybody with a reverend at the beginning of their name, mm-hmm. but if you hired only like asexual people and people with no interest in sex, I guess that's third be Last section, no, because sexual abuse isn't about sex; it's about power. Right. Don't I, have that, same, I have the same, Jessica. I had the same. Don't thought blow first, this so one. I'm like,
0: it's not that. Uh, my first thought was, wouldn't a better solution be? Let the priests get married, or let them, um, or let them be in same sex relationships if mm-hmm. they want to, because then they have the outlet. But then I'm like, no, that's not true, because that's what it's about. It's what it's about it's not it's, about. About it's not what that. It's about that. There are churches I fell into that trap. Willow Creek has a church that'll. Oh my God, there's a dog here. <laughs> what did she no, just Willow, do? No, <laughs> Willow. I don't know. Willow Creek has a pastor who was married, and clearly that didn't stop the right. issues there, and it wouldn't stop it's it in the power. Catholic it's Church either. It's about power, right?
1: I think so. I meant- I think my dog was under the table on which we record, yeah. and farted. And sometimes oh. she scares herself when she farts, and yeah. ran into the table. I guess she ran out. So I'm not saying I have the smartest dog, but she is very fucking cute. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: <laughs> By the way, during the entire article, this uh, Reverend Scanlon also equated homosexuality with pedophilia. Of course he did. Of course That's he what did. They all do. Um, I'm almost more scared of the people who are like, I've never had an impure thought in a year. I'm like, now I have to question you. I don't know. That's a little weird. Well, Even asexual lying. people think about it. They're I think, It's I a different issue. I don't, I don't I'm pretend not an to know expert. a lot
1: about that.
0: But here's the one more thing you should know about Scanlon. He's not just some random priest. He's the, quote, spiritual director and chaplain for Mother Teresa of Calcutta's Missionaries of Charity in Denver. He works for Mother Teresa in I one mean, of her outlets. I
1: don't know a lot about a lot, but I know Calcutta is not in fucking Denver. Yeah.
0: The charity has outlets everywhere. Okay. This is the same charity that just got caught up in a scandal where some of the nuns were selling babies on the black market. What? Oh, hey, you missed that while you were gone. That happened last week. Maybe you a couple weeks of the ago. Dog
1: again? Yeah. Wait. 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 They were just wait, selling
0: what? babies. They were like, "You can't have an abortion. You got to have a baby." So these women have babies, and then they're like, $200, who wants it? $200? Trying to get some money.
1: Okay, well, is this similar to the thing um, that happened in, I think, Spain, where nuns would deliver you know, um, illegitimate quote-unquote kids and then tell the mother that the kid died in childbirth? Oh, I and don't even know what
0: that one's about. Yeah, but no, it's not the I'll same have one. I'll do
1: more research on that at some point, but basically that's the gist of it, is they tell the mother that the, ch- the kid di- died in childbirth, and then they like ship them off to orphanages That's or awful. whatever because Jesus. Or do they ship them off to orphanages or they sell them or donate donate them? What do you do with the baby? I,
0: I don't know. I only have a couple.
1: <laughs> anyway, the church's monstrosity. What are we doing? Go Yeesh. ahead. Uh,
0: so let's get back to sexual harassment. While I'm oh, on, oh yeah, we were subject. on that
1: happy subject yeah. before we got in the <laughs> somewhat grimmer subject of ba- selling babies.
0: Yes, um, Lawrence Krauss. Back in February, remember him? Yeah. So Lawrence Krauss, he was. There were allegations that in one case he he uh, assaulted someone without consent Mm -hmm. at when he was invited to speak somewhere. There were multiple allegations that he said creepy things, that he was flirtatious when he shouldn't have been. General
1: creeper. Yeah.
0: Um. So all of that happened in February. Krauss denied all of it. Uh, one of the specific allegations that was made in February was that at an academic conference in Australia, he was taking a picture with somebody and he uh, maybe touched her breast while he put his arm around her. Mm-hmm. Now, this is I feel like this is important to point out. The woman in question said she didn't think it was a big deal and that she didn't want to make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. Other people saw it happen... And they were like, what the hell's going on here? They're the ones who complained about it. Right. Right. And so anyway, because this happened at an academic conference for which Arizona State University was paying for him to be there, Mm -hmm. this complaint went back to them. Um, There were also complaints that, you know, he said things to maybe graduate students that were creepy or whatever. They did an investigation. They said, we're doing an investigation. Mm -hmm. I swear, for months I've been emailing their spokesperson, like, where's the investigation? He's like, not done yet got nothing for you basically this happens every two weeks where i just recycle the same email okay and i get the same person responding it's the same way back. i know so finally <laughs> you guys
1: are, neither of we are actually It's just boomerang <laughs> just going back and forth <laughs> until you both die
0: it's totally what it yeah so an interesting thing happened where a few days ago asu said that you know Krauss was running a thing called the origins project at the school and this was a program that quote was there to, quote, explore humankind's most fundamental questions about our origins. Now, he was also a professor there. He did other things. But this was kind of the the feather in the cap. ASU said we're not renewing his contract Mm -hmm. as of July. Like, he was up for renewal. We're not going to renew it. Mm -hmm. That's all they said. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, is the investigation done? They didn't respond to that. Is he still working there? They didn't respond to that. Right now, he's on paid leave. He's still getting paid by the school. And so when you say he's not being renewed, well, what about all the other stuff? We didn't know. But okay, that's important. He's not coming back for this big project. Mm-hmm. Kraus even put out a statement saying, ASU has not renewed my contract. The person in charge is uh, this woman who I worked with. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Fine. Um, okay, that was that. And then like a day later, <laughs> a day later, I guess... Uh, BuzzFeed also reports that, hey, they have concluded the investigation. One of the witnesses in that Australia incident, uh, I guess she received a copy of the investigation Uh because she's the one that requested it. Uh She passed it along to some publications. And so the investigation is there. And basically what it says is, ASU said, yeah, we have talked to people involved We have confirmed that he did grope a woman's breast at that conference. Um, That is a violation of our sexual harassment policy. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Wait, what? That's kind of all they said. Now, the obvious questions. What happens to him? We don't know. As far as I can tell, he's still on paid leave. He is still a faculty member at the school. And what I what don't a get fucking here is life to, have, s- to commit
1: a felony, and people are like, "Well, just don't come to work. We'll keep paying you. Do not worry, my dude. You will keep getting that damn income." <laughs> what but I don't get is the, the school said. Disappointed.
0: Regardless of the fact that the woman in question, who was touched, said, "I don't want to make a big deal of this." The school's saying, "Yeah, he was there on our dime. He did this thing that violates our policy mm-hmm. on that dime." Uh, but they still haven't figured out what they're going to do about that. That seems yeah. weird. Now, it's entirely possible. Maybe ASU will say, We're forcing him out. It's entirely possible Krauss, knowing that's going to happen, it's might gonna just say, I'm going to resign. Yeah. yeah, he'll just say, I'm going to resign because distraction, whatever. Um, none of that has happened yet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm. it's good that the report is out. It's good that ASU, which, by the way, remember when we talked about these stories first coming out, there were a lot of critics that were like, well, BuzzFeed published it. What do they know? And Jesus. we've talked about how that's a stupid thing to say. It well, is. this is an ASU in, independent investigation into this stuff. And they looked at the stuff they had control over, mm-hmm. um, and they confirmed it. So... That's important to keep in mind.
1: I mean, I also think it's important to keep in mind that just because you don't think BuzzFeed is oh. <laughs> a, a, a "quote unquote" real news organization,
0: which, by the way, it is,
1: it is, they, like just because run it still like a has normal. a silly name, mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's they actually investigations separated.
0: Are- now it's BuzzFeed News, separate from BuzzFeed Game of Thrones okay. quizzes.
1: I would argue BuzzFeed is still a dumb name for like a news <laughs> outlet, but. But that doesn't mean that they don't have, like, really top-of-the-line journalists working for them. Go ahead.
0: Um, Remember when the first allegations came out? Krauss's only real response was a nine-page letter where he meticulously went through every allegation. He called the original BuzzFeed piece libelous, and he also said the reporters had a, quote, cavalier disregard for evidence. Well, ASU just confirmed this story that was under their purview. Yeah. And so it makes you realize, like, Krauss was just flat out wrong then.
1: Correct. He lied
0: about that, where he said they didn't care about evidence. No, they did. Like the reporters at BuzzFeed got it right, as right. far as we know. Right. And now ASU is confirming their reporting. So, interesting. So, I, again, I don't, I don't know how you keep someone like Krauss on staff. When you have said he violated our sexual harassment policies, Mm -hmm. oh, by the way, students, you can have him as a professor or grad students, you can work with him. Mm -hmm. How does that even work? If you're a student who, this stuff doesn't stay hidden. It's not like people don't know about these allegations or whatever. If you're a woman who has to work for him or he's your teacher, like you go in knowing this? Like, Mm -hmm. How does that dynamic even work? Then, I don't know. I'm glad the story's out there. Yeah. I don't know what else, I mean, I don't know what else can be done at this point because ASU's the only people who hired him. He's on their payroll. A lot of the other stuff we know him for mm-hmm. is stuff he does on his own. Right. Like no one's stopping him from publishing books. Because yeah, what an are you author. gonna That's, do? Yeah. You can't stop him from speaking if people invite him because what there's That's no one stopping. But ASU is over him. They have control here. Bill Hybels had to go because theoretically there was a board of directors right. at willow creek that was going to say this stuff um even if there are criticisms of them too but again asu is the one group that it could actually do something about this.
1: right they had sway yeah interesting
0: so anyway uh so that, that's gonna be that a big happened there's zero? an update yeah <laughs> who knows um okay there are fire uh wildfires raging in california right now uh-huh. i don't know if you how much of that did you see
1: I'm aware that they yeah. exist and that they're bad. Yeah, that's and... pretty much it.
0: Uh, Franklin Graham, the evangelist, he runs a ministry called Samaritan's Purse, and they do a lot of charity work relief efforts. Mm-hmm. And they're also a religious organization. And the only time I've really ever talked about them is sometimes they work with public schools to do charity things. And it's like like, these schools can't work with a Christian ministry, even if it's for a good cause. And that becomes a church-state separation issue. Mm -hmm. Well, this is not that. This is his group is working. They're looking for volunteers to help with relief efforts for the wildfires in California. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. When you have those kind of resources, that's a good thing to do. Good for him. Now... Interesting to note that if you want to be a volunteer with them, they make you sign a statement of faith, which includes which includes many things, including you have to believe that the Bible is inerrant, which I guess if you're a Christian you believe that. Mm-hmm. You have to oppose marriage equality.
1: Cool. Uh, Marriages
0: between one man and one woman. And they always say like now. One biological man and one biological, because trans people don't exist. You have to accept that trans people don't exist.
1: Well, also they don't care about science until they're (laughs) like, well, this is how men do. They got penises. That's how all men are.
0: And you have to be anti-abortion in all cases, no exceptions. Again, this is for the volunteers who want to help with the fuck. This isn't for their staff.
1: Fuck these guys. Uh, And also, you're just asking for people to like be in in. Dishonest on their signatures, like I want to help. This is the
0: way I can help. Right, you either get people who are really (laughs) hold these awful beliefs or liars.
1: It makes me so fucking angry. Here's
0: where I get. Why do you
1: give a fuck? I'm sorry. Here's
0: why I give the
1: no, no, no. I'm I'm sorry. Why do they give (laughs) a fuck if like their volunteer people don't care that? Because what they could say
0: is, we as Christians are inspired by God to help those in need, and if you want to work with us. We are going to work with you because that's what God would want us to do. It would be so easy for a group to say that and still publicize their brand of Jesus, but they're not. They're saying if you want to work with us at all, even for this good cause, even in an emergency situation, nope, you got to hit the Christian checklist. you got to be a true Christian.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right. This could be such a good... Not to give them advice, but good recruiting mechanism of like, hey, we'll take anybody. We're here to help. This is right. what we do. Hey, why don't you come to our service on Sunday? And Instead, then, and they're then putting up a giant you. no
0: Jews allowed sign for their Fuck volunteer efforts. I just... Yeah. I'm furious um,
1: all the time. I was like not mad for like nine days straight. No, it was
0: That's what I'm here
1: for. Great, <laughs> What a life it was. Yeah. I wish um, I could go back to that life. Remember
0: that Ken Ham over the summer, he said, we want to hire people to work at ARC Encounter... There's a whole bunch of jobs available, but if you wanted to work for him, you you also had to sign a similar statement of faith. And then later he came back and basically said, we can't find enough people for these jobs. What? And so we're loosening the restrictions. 19 year a bit. who
1: need to work in a summer place don't want to have bad <laughs> sex. I can't believe it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then he said we don't have enough workers, so we're loosening the restrictions. Even though we never really knew what those loosening Jesus. restrictions
1: were. Wait, no, but they didn't specify.
0: They didn't specify. They. Okay, I think what they said is. Second. I think what they said is you can fill out the application, the brief initial application, and say you know, do you agree to our statement of faith? If not, explain, and you could explain what you disagreed with, and I think mostly they would look at it and say, "Well, we could talk to you about that and make it work, maybe." And that's kind of the way they left it. So I don't know what was what issues would they budge on. I don't know the answer, but here's what's disturbing: but Do they have
1: any evidence that they like rejected people?
0: No, I don't know. Okay, I mean they very well could have, but I don't know. So but I wonder how much case... of it
1: is performative of like everybody who works here at least. Mostly agrees to our garbage, but like,
0: yeah, I I don't know. But Franklin Graham, if he's trying to do his volunteer efforts for a firefight uh, for wildfires, it's not okay if he can't get volunteers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has consequences. Stakes are higher. Yeah, Ark Encounter can't find summer people. Whatever, that's your own damn fault. But in this case, you have the resources to do something, and you're basically putting a restriction that very, very select group of people only meet. Yeah, Yeah. When you could have other help and people and who want to help. And what specific
1: kind of volunteer work is he doing? Um, he's not doing like a bucket brigade, right? Like he's no, doing it's not like that. Like taking rem- in
0: people or? I read it and I can't remember off the top of my head. It was something people could legitimately help with. Okay. Um, it was, it was, so it
1: wasn't like we're going to volunteer to pray over you.
0: No, 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 no. I mean, I'm sure they do some of that. But sure. it wasn't that. They okay. weren't looking for Christians. They were looking for people who could help out there's no reason you had to restrict this. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me go to this article that appeared in the Washington Post as an op-ed piece because it was written by this woman named Julie Rogers who is actually who's I the work I've seen of hers is actually really good. She used to work with one of those gay conversion organizations, but she has since said, you know what, that was wrong. Uh, That stuff doesn't work. It's genuinely harmful. She is also an out lesbian now. As someone who said, (laughs) I worked at this group and it was wrong. She's now an out lesbian. She's dealt with plenty of bigotry. She's actually getting married next month. Good for her. Yep. Fine. So she knows what it's like to be a conservative Christian and she knows what it's like to be in the LGBTQ community. Is she
1: still both? Is she still a Christian? She is still
0: a practicing Christian. How conservative, I don't know, but she's still a Christian. So her... Here's what she wanted to do with this piece. She wanted to write about maybe there's a way we can coexist because mm-hmm. right now it's not happening, right? And whenever you hear conservative Christians, we're talking the baker won't make a cake. Right, right. Like, is there a way we can find a way to work together? Mm-hmm. The answer she basically came down to is both sides have to be have to let something go. They have to give up something. They have to find some sort of compromise. I'll quote you some of what she said. You know, people from both groups in private conversations, people from both groups usually say they would like to live in a country where all citizens are free to worship according to their conscience and where all citizens are protected from discrimination. Blah, blah, blah. It, um. This means photographers, bakers, and tailors would agree to offer their services to LGBTQ people. It also means LGBTQ people wouldn't go after the tax-exempt status of Christian institutions that hire according to their beliefs.
1: What? Wait, What? Uh,
0: I know. Let me read one more thing. And when possible, LGBTQ people would try to respect conservative business owners by seeking out vendors who fully support them. So to translate... Okay. Her answer is, the peop- the Christians should be willing to service gay customers.
1: But gay customers shouldn't be, gay so, customers. be so gauche as to ask a conservative to actually do anything for them, <laughs> right? right?
0: They should find another florist or baker and... First of all, she said, "Go after the tax-exempt status of Christian institutions. Yeah, no what the one's fuck going is that after mean? the churches. No one's going after Christian churches for saying homosexuality is bad. We won't perform gay marriages. Zero people yeah, have that's gone not after what's them. Happening. They can totally do that if they want to. So the, this is her argument that they should basically find a way to compromise this way, which no. The one side didn't do anything wrong here, yeah it's only the Christians that are like, "Nope, I'm not going to give you the same thing I would sell no, to the guy next true, to you happened. straight.
1: Um the LGBTQ community did commit the sin of existing, so well,
0: like that's true. how dare they? So
1: shit has been done wrong on both sides. <laughs> Wait okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's so I'm just
0: think about what same-sex people are requesting in this hypothetical, like okay. They want the right to be treated the same way as straight couples. They want the ability to buy the same stuff as straight couples. They want to be seen as humans. Even in the case of the Colorado baker, the gay guys who wanted the cake from him did not say, we want you to write on their, you know, happy gay marriage. No, they didn't even talk about that. As soon as the guy found out they were gay, he said, I'm not even selling you a plain wedding cake. I'm not selling you anything. Like, that's, you're not, you're basically saying if you're a gay customer, I don't want anything to do with you.
1: Well, and isn't that wild that, like, how many gay people has he sold shit to, but it's- Without
0: knowing that? Without
1: knowing, but now this is the hill he's willing to die on. Yeah.
0: And what do conservative Christians want? Like, they want the ability to discriminate. Yeah. They want to pretend that making a cake for a gay couple makes them an integral part of a wedding right. that they were never Ugh, invited yeah. to in the first place.
1: I mean, it reminds me a lot of, sorry to interrupt, no, but yeah. it reminds me a lot of, like, the people who are so afraid of trans people being in your bathroom. Like, you've had trans people in your bathroom. Right. Like, <laughs> it happens every fucking day, and <laughs> you, you didn't do. notice, and it didn't bother you because it's a bathroom. Like. Right. Back the fuck off of it. So
0: this is one of those things where it's like she wants to find this nice solution, mm-hmm. uh, which is good for her. I'm glad someone's looking for a way to make these sides happy. But to suggest that anyone on the LGBTQ side has to give an inch mm-hmm. at all is Ridiculous! They so you don't.
1: Got, so you're telling me these guys are just going to keep existing? <laughs> what dicks? Maybe you could compromise just stop existing Hammond. a
0: little bit. For and then,
1: once, for once in your fucking yeah, life. There's
0: no way you can compromise on these two sides because no. one side didn't do anything wrong. They have no reason to give anything up. One commenter actually said it really well. Um, if an elephant is stepping on the neck of a mouse. You do not ask the mouse to compromise a little. You ask the elephant to get off.
1: Okay, that's very good. I was going to do something dumber about how, like... If Hemant and I hated each other, but I hated him because he was brown, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be reasonable for me to be like, okay, Jess, stop being a dick to Hemet. Hemant, can you be slightly less brown? Right, exactly. Like, like for once. <laughs>
0: she and by the way, she knows Let's just
1: be reasonable here.
0: She knows this criticism is there because she wrote on Twitter, "We won't come to conclusions about where exactly to draw all the lines here on Twitter." But I'm suggesting a cooperative spirit so we can begin the process of working towards some sort of resolution. The zero-sum game gets us nowhere. I know what she's saying. No, it
1: sounds good in theory. If the zero-sum game wasn't Christian, like, the The idea of calling it a zero-sum game is, it feels really nefarious and it feels really um, um, galvanizing on both sides. And it
0: also suggests that if LGBTQ people get treated like humans, Christians lose something. And that's bullshit. That's a really. This is not a zero sum game. If you treat them the same way you treat straight people, or you act that way at least in places of public business.
1: Holy shit! You know what this sounds like? Hmm. This sounds like separate but equal.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is exactly what that is. It's like, hey,
1: hey, guys, like gay people. Yeah, you're allowed to get cakes. Just not here. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to use drinking fountains, just not these. You're allowed to use back- bathrooms, just not those. You can eat, you if can anyone, sit on the bus, not in this if place. If anyone
0: did that to Christians, or if you're wearing a they cross would necklace, lose their oh fucking my God.
1: Mind. Yeah. Also, can we do an investigative journalism piece where we send like a teenage atheist into as a staff member of the uh, arc encounter? <laughs> because what I wouldn't give to hear like, the kids gossiping around there. I bet that is a plus <laughs> teenage gossip. It's a anyway, lot of work.
0: I have seen it's a lot, lot of, of
1: work. It's it's called journalism. Haven't we're <laughs> professionals? I, I
0: have seen a lot of people make phone calls to Christian bakers or even non Christian bakers, saying, "I want you to make me this cake uh-huh. just to see how they handle it," and and it never works because they don't understand what I think. Josh Feuerstein, the the Christian with the backwards hat who always yells at YouTube, oh, he like God. called the people and said, "Like make a cake that says." Um, I don't know. I hate Christians or something. I don't remember what he did, but like he was arguing. They said no to me. Isn't it wild that they hate hate speech? That's what they were. Yeah, isn't it wild wild that people
1: can't can't understand the difference between like I am gay and I love this person and I'm an asshole and I hate this group. Right. They just can't. They just can't. That's, like, because people did the same thing, like, oh, I tried to get a cake with the on, and they wouldn't do it. So, right. basically, gays and Nazis are the same. Mm-hmm. The classically persecuted classes of gays and Nazis. Um, and, it's, and it's just all, I think what kills me is it's all so intellectually dishonest. And I don't know why this is the shit I always, like, die on, is that we're not having a sincere conversation. So, what the fuck, like, any logic I can throw at anybody or any, like, reasonable argument is gonna fall flat because we're not having the same conversation. I am trying to talk to you as if you were a reasonable person who obeys logic and emotions. Where and you want this thing, and you're like a they're like two year olds. Yeah. We don't want gays to get this thing, and I'm gonna stick my fingers in my ears until Which you go we away. Sell and sell to my straight
0: way. people. That's what I can't get over. The the gay people are not asking for yeah. special treatment. <sighs> okay. So the answer is compromise is stupid. Don't ever do it. That's my takeaway from that story.
1: Finally, um, we're getting a real message across. Do you want
0: to talk about broccoli?
1: Yeah, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> okay, so Kent Hovind, he is the creationist who opened the really low-budget version of Ark Encounter.
1: What? In Where?
0: Oh, it's in the Midwest somewhere, Arkansas maybe. It's it's just the saddest thing. Arkansas I see his Midwest? videos where he's like promoting it, and it's basically like a trailer park with some exhibits. But he has space; like he got land. Okay. Anyway, he's a creationist. Park this is also exhibits. a guy who spent several years in prison for tax fraud. Whoops. Yep he's he's done that. Now he's out. Uh, his son is also an evangelist who we've talked about on the show in the past. Yeah. Um. Anyway, who's his, who's his son? Eric Hovind, whatever, but Ken Hovind is, he does these YouTube shows every day, Mm. and just- Every day? Every day. We
1: do this once a week, and it's exhausting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Does it every day, and one of the things he said this week was that uh, he, I'm going to quote him, Broccoli. How could broccoli have evolved slowly by chance? I would like an answer to that. A very simple answer. How many trillions of intermediate steps would there have to be to change from an amoeba or from a single-celled creature to broccoli? Is there any scientific evidence for these supposed changes that you guys believe in? Capital B, believe.
1: Evolution is a religion.
0: It is more logical to believe that maybe broccoli was created by a really smart creator. Wait.
1: Also, can we talk about the thesis? Is that broccoli?
0: (laughs) So Ray Comfort once said bananas are the atheist's worst nightmare. No, no, no. no, no. It's broccoli, people. Disproves evolution.
1: Is that broccoli is a more complicated organic structure than human beings.
0: Well, he's saying we don't know how broccoli evolved to this. I bet
1: we super know that. He just doesn't care <laughs> to look.
0: Right. And the funny thing is if you actually look.
1: Can we just call him and be like, oh, yeah, no, I, I invented broccoli. I, I'd cauliflower green. flower green.
0: <laughs> there, are be- there are beautiful images online that explain broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kale, they, uh, cauliflower. They all come from the same plant. They were just bred different ways. Mm,
1: that doesn't sound it right to me. It is literally
0: artificial mm, selection that shows how evolution mm, works. And humans. by the way, did not take trillions of steps. This happened in about twenty five hundred yes. years, like of different. I would <laughs>
1: argue, like what we know now as broccoli probably has only existed for like sixty years, right? Like, isn't that the <laughs> thing with bananas? Of like, you go like hundred bananas
0: we use the,
1: the bananas we see as bananas. Yeah. They're only like. <laughs> A hundred years old, something like that.
0: Something like that. And the broccoli we have, too. Like, we know where it originated from because we know how to make it and we know how they created it. Whatever. <laughs> he came back to it later saying scientists could never grow broccoli in a lab even though technically speaking broccoli is a man-made creation because we harnessed that plant. Wait, to make they said
1: it. you could never grow it in a lab? He
0: said. He said broccoli could never be grown in a lab.
1: Okay, Hammett, why are we talking about this idiot? Wait, is this backwards tech guy still?
0: No. The best <laughs> Who is part that? about uh, that's Fjurstein. Oh. The best part about Ken Hovind, which is the thing I keep coming back to every time I write about him because it cracks me up. His doctoral thesis, because he has He's a doctorate. A doctor? Wait, it's from Patriot Bible University. Not accredited. Um, it, it opens with the line, Hello, my name is Kent Hovind. <laughs> That's his PhD doctoral <laughs> thesis. Hello.
1: I don't even start cover letters like <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> so Broccoli is now a uh worst What is nightmare. his do-
1: doctorate big quotes in? <laughs> I
0: have no idea.
1: Jesus's.
0: Yeah. Hello,
1: yeah. it's me. I'm Dr. of Jesus's. <laughs>
0: So, So broccoli.
1: Please call me Dr. Grave, PhD, Doctor of Jesuses. Well done. Thank you. You tried. Okay. (laughs) Fuck you.
0: So, Pope Francis did something good this week. He declared, not just declared, he said the death penalty is wrong. Oh, that one one made it out to me. Yeah. And not only that, he changed the catechism of the Catholic Church, like the official rule book to say death penalty is basically wrong in all cases. The actual wording he used um, is that uh, the death penalty is inadmissible because it is an attack on the inviability, sorry, and dignity of that person. Basically, he's saying the Catholic Church now believes the death penalty is always wrong. And he's urging Catholics to follow suit on that which is important and good because if you believe, if you're one of those people that takes the church seriously or the Pope's word seriously, then good because it is wrong. And by the way, you know how we sometimes say, well, people say the Catholic, the Pope is infallible, right? We do not say that. I want to be extremely clear. (laughs) the saying is the Pope is infallible, but it only applies to certain things. Like if the Pope accidentally slipped up during a Q&A with the press, like that's not what they're talking about. This is what they're talking about. He changed the rules of the Catholic Church. And when the Pope does that, it is said to be, you know, a sign from God. You accept it. Now,
1: God, w- saying the Pope is infallible must have been much easier before like recording devices were <laughs> invented, right?
0: Yes. Now, here's the thing. Will The question is, will it actually create a change among Catholics? Um,
1: I think the answer is indubitably no.
0: <laughs> because, uh, first of all, 43%, this is a Pew Research Center poll from 2016, 43% of Catholics support the death penalty in certain situations. Is it 43%? Yeah, support okay. the death penalty. When you talk about white Catholics, yeah. 54%. Yep. Yeah, so this is no small thing. If he could lower that number and get people to stop supporting the death penalty in all cases, not just like murder, which is what this poll was about. Um, that's a big, that's, that's an improvement. Now, I think right now in Nebraska, where death penalty had been abolished, but then that was vetoed and now it's legal again, the governor happens to be Catholic and there is death penalty still legal in that state. And they were like, so are you going to listen and like not veto this stuff? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, we're still going forward with the death penalty. So it's like,
1: I, well, okay, and so again, you kind of say, I, well, "I don't want you to
0: listen to the Pope and take orders," but at the same time, it clearly didn't help.
1: No, I mean, I I have a huge problem with this kind of thing. That um, I think it exposes something in a lot of religious people. That the, it reminds me of that quote, and I can't think of who the quote was mm-hmm. by. Of like, it's it's so funny to me that your God always seems to hate the same people you do, or yeah. whatever because i think that really comes to uh kind of the rubber hits the road with things like this where something not only they believe inherently but we're taught by the catholic church if that suddenly changes and you're you know a 40 something dude in america it seems to me i it's, it it seems to me that we've outgrown religion in that way that i don't i don't foresee even if tomorrow pope francis was like Abortion is great. Um, birth control is important. Gay people are great. Even if he said that tomorrow, I do not see the the needle on at least on,
0: among Catholics changing yeah, very much.
1: I just don't see that happening. And maybe and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm either naive or cynical. I'm not sure which that puts me in. But it seems to me in this day and age, people have become so. Galvanized and and work so hard into believing what they believe and to change your mind is seen seen as such a horrible and weak thing to do. I don't do you believe, do you think that okay? Say tomorrow, tomorrow, the Pope said. I I'm seeing what's happening with unnumbers and spread of STDs and HIV in impoverished nations. We need to do something to stop this. Ever, if you do not, if you are not ready and willing and excited to have a baby, use condoms, use birth control, get an IUD. Do what you have to do to protect yourself and your family and your future. I understand people are having sex. I can't stop that. Let's try to mitigate any consequences thereof. Do you think then Catholic schools would be like throwing fucking condoms from the rooftop?
0: No, not a chance.
1: So, I mean, and it's easy to say this hypothetically because it's never happened in... Whatever, but like I do not see a universe where that is real.
0: Yeah, we're so, at a point where Catholics don't take the Pope that seriously. And by the way, just so we're clear, the Catholic Church says abortion is always wrong, but half of Catholics say it should be legal in all or most cases.
1: So already they're breaking yeah, from totally from Vatican. The Catholic teaching. Church
0: says same-sex marriage is wrong and homosexual acts are intrinsically evil. More than half of Catholics in the U.S. support gay marriage. Yeah. So, again, they don't agree when they don't want to agree or whatever. Right. I mean, it's
1: easy to agree with somebody when... It's hard to be challenged, and it's hard for your life view, your worldview to be challenged, even if it's by someone whom you respect. But if you subscribe to a religion where you say this man is infallible, and if you are a Catholic, like, you do. I don't care how you... like. You know, tap dance around that fact. If you subscribe to the Catholic religion, the Catholic religion says the Pope is infallible. That's how it works. And you can be
0: a... I don't know what you're subscribing to. I don't know how you could belong to the Catholic Church and say, yeah, but I don't want to listen to what the Pope says about this stuff. It it makes no sense Then why are you going? Why are you a part of this? I know there's a cultural tie. You're drawn to it. But like, I don't get how you could be a Catholic and then say you don't follow the Catholic Church's rules because those are not, like, you can't separate them. Well,
1: I, I, I want to rephrase that because I'm kind of thinking about people I know in my life. I think there is a difference between saying I'm a Catholic or I'm a cultural Catholic versus I believe everything the Catholic, the Catholic Church That's, teaches. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I know more than a few quote-unquote cultural Catholic, but I see.
0: I think I disagree with you on that because if you say I'm a cultural Christian or I'm a Jesus follower, you could say you know the whatever Jeff Sessions did in the Mm -hmm. name of Christ. That's wrong. That's not the Jesus I follow. I believe this, and maybe we'll call you a cafeteria Christian. Maybe we say you're cherry picking what you want to believe. But that's okay because there is no one interpretation of Christianity. That's kind of the problem and a benefit, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Feature and a bug. That uh, Christianity as a whole can be taken how you want to take it. And Mm -hmm. everyone claims to have the truth on that. But Catholicism is like a set of rules. Like, it's not a thing you get to cherry pick. It's, you got to believe this set of stuff. Yeah. And if you don't agree to it, then you're not a Catholic. Then you may be a Christian. You believe in the the Bible or whatever. But you're not a Catholic. Like, being a Catholic means you are adhering to those rules. Mm
1: Yeah, you're right. You're no, the thing is, I'm doing the thing where
0: I'm Is it fair for me to say, like, oh, this person is a Catholic but says they support gay marriage? You're not really a Catholic. Is that my place? No, but I don't understand that thinking that says I'm a Catholic. Oh, if the church says this, no, they're wrong.
1: No, I think but I'm there with the, you. Is I, the uh, thing is, I know so many people who are I of that ilk. <laughs> yeah. Cause just because, again, we live... If you haven't heard it said this before, I grew up with a hugely Catholic family, Catholic community, so the... The majority of people I grew up with, I shouldn't say, many people whom I grew up with were Catholics. Most of them are, like, pretty liberal now. But many still consider themselves Catholic in spite of all that. And, I mean, I'm not in their heart. I don't know how they reconcile that. Um, I just, I don't know. I mean, I know it's out there, and I don't know how to... I don't know. that's why I'm kind of grateful I didn't get raised in a religion so I don't have to try to reconcile
0: <laughs> two things. Two things to add to this conversation. One is a joke where people said, oh, of course, they're against the death penalty. Now that we're hearing about all these priests coming out about abuse in the church. Like, sure, they don't want the death penalty. Fuck him
1: and Jesus. <laughs>
0: and the second thing is someone said, this is maybe this. There's a nefarious reason, nefarious reason for them doing this, because we know what they think about abortion. And maybe you can make the argument that abortion is death. So by saying they're against the death penalty, they're also making a case for why abortion is wrong, which they already said forever. uh, Yeah,
1: but also people who are Christian are largely, as we just saw those numbers, are largely for the death penalty because very good reasons that they've yelled at me on the Internet, but I (laughs) have not really absorbed. I think it's mostly evil and consequences or something, and babies are innocent.
0: Yeah. I got one last one for you. All right. Uh, The Mormon Church. I apologize if I I get the details here wrong, but I'm going to try to get through this. Uh, The Mormon Church has a thing called a temple recommend, which is a bishop has to sign off on it. Your local bishop basically says you're allowed to go in the temple for these services. Even if you're not a Mormon? um, No, I think you have to be a Mormon. But if you're trying to go in for certain ritualistic things for service, you need they need to sign off on you. Yes, you're a good practicing Mormon. Okay. You're allowed in for these things. It's called the Temple Recommend. And a woman went to her bishop recently to get that signature, basically, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't sign it for her. And the reason is she had been openly breastfeeding her baby during services. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, it gets better. According to her, and just to very clear, I do not know her name. This is a post that was made on a Mormon blog where she detailed what happened to her uh-huh. and it was reported by some other outlets but I, I don't it, take it with a grain of salt okay. but according to her she said the bishop said that she needs to cover up so men don't have sexual thoughts.
1: Sure we, gotta, we gotta worry about the uh-huh. men Hammond.
0: I know and then wait it gets better the The president of their stake the, the general local Mormon Steak? group S-T-A-K-E The The stake president told her husband, you need to control your wife.
1: Sure. People tell that to Mikey all the time.
0: (laughs) And the husband said, no. I'm standing with my wife here. And she did nothing wrong when she was breastfeeding our child. And now they didn't sign his temple recommend either.
1: Cool. Then fucking leave the church. Jesus Christ. And the thing is, she's... The fact that the conservatives have gotten to the point where they're anti-breastfeeding is the single most buckwild shit I have ever heard. That is maybe the most recent Facebook argument I got in with strangers. Why? Because, Hemant, I have anger that I need to unleash on strangers. And these strangers who listen to this podcast is... No, I am
0: laughing because I feel like you seek them out. Like, we're going to fight now.
1: Um, what (laughs) I do is well i think my my biggest fallacy is that i follow like the what's happening in aurora what's happening in naperville <laughs> pages which are just rife for dick bags mm-hmm. and just yeah local
0: conversations so routes. yeah <laughs> right so Those i live um
1: like a couple blocks away from the uh the fox valley mall okay. in in aurora and a woman was breastfeeding in the mall which LOL, there's people in the mall, cool. And <laughs> a security guard kicked her out. What? And so there was this whole thing. The security guard was either reprimanded or or fired. But there was, in, in the days and weeks after that, people protesting, saying, like, we have the right to breastfeed. So, of course, these asshole dudes with their fucking flaming hot takes of, well if women are going to whip out their breasts in public, then they should be okay with me just standing and staring, huh? And I was like, Jesus. so listen, it is shooting fish in a barrel to some extent because it is idiots, and I am a different flavor of idiot in that I am bright but also getting these arguments. <laughs> <laughs> it was my whole the day. How are you
0: doing? I don't know. <laughs>
1: um, anyway, anyway, all of that's to say is... Again, and I, I, God, I feel like I say this every week, but this this party of Christianity, this party of quote unquote family values, and all this, they just do. It's not even shit like parental leave that arguably there's a financial factor to be weighed in there. It is unforced errors like. Hey, if you're a woman who has an infant, like, don't make her sit on a fucking to- gross toilet. You won't even poop in that bathroom. You're going to make a woman, s- like, b- right. breastfeed in that bathroom? That shit is gross. Let her sit in a fucking thing.
0: And why and- are you sexualizing a woman who's breastfeeding? Because
1: men are kid? disgusting and they should not be allowed anymore.
0: Just men shouldn't be allowed, period. Yeah, yeah. I'll Y'all make that your
1: ringtone all. and it'll just be me <laughs> yelling at
0: everyone who calls.
1: No. Yeah.
0: We're just, so we're like, all gone now.
1: I'm like, 80% joking.
0: <laughs> um, just so, <laughs> by the way, when Pope, when a woman wanted to breastfeed in the Sistine Chapel, uh, you know what Pope Francis said?
1: He said, I'm going to stare at boobies.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, what no he said. he's like, yeah, that's fine. Do whatever you need to yeah, do. Yeah, Pope
1: Francis, you fucking get it, my dude. I'm
0: paraphrasing, but yeah, he's like. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's give, how he talks. <laughs> he's give, chill Pope. Give your children milk. If your kids are hungry, feed them. <laughs> like, Don't worry. That is a quote. Don't worry. Go do it. I
1: remember <laughs> I was having, God, this is five or six years ago. I was having brunch with a, a couple friend of Mikey's and mine and they had just had a baby and the wife was like, do you guys mind if I feed her here? And we're like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. What do you, why do you have to ask? Like, I'm like shoving mimosas in my ma. You can feed your baby.
0: <laughs> don't get those confused.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't be- <laughs> That's up. That'll get you.
0: You know what started happening now that I, if I go out to a place to eat and the babies are, the baby is there. Yeah. You have like, a child and a baby. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, what you, the tips are 19? now, the tips are now way bigger. It's like, Oh God, I know what this baby has done to your floor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I will say as somebody who worked at Amex and Irma's, which is like the equivalent of a TGI Fridays, who kids make a fucking mess oh, real quick? Man. Those oyster crackers? Yeah. They get everywhere.
0: Oh, I'm sure. And I
1: argue none of them go in their mouth. They just crumble in their tiny, sticky That's, fists.
0: That may be the funniest thing. See, like, give this kid some food. He takes some food. I'm like, no. oh my God, he finished it off his plate. He <laughs> must be so hungry. It's the dumbest thing a parent could say. <laughs> but I love the flip side of that. People are
1: like, oh, they put their kid on a tablet. I'm like, fuck yeah, put that kid on a tablet. Let the parents eat, let the waiter do their job. Yeah. yeah, let that kid watch Daniel Tiger. It's a good show. Oh, is that a real thing? I couldn't, I just, <laughs> I, do you know, I thought How did you know about I don't that. know, I thought I just took a first name and an animal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we what? know all the... We know all the songs. <laughs> I could sing them for you right now. Oh, my
1: God. I would pay you so much money to pay the, to sing all the songs.
0: I'm not. They're all really catchy. which is the, I, They know how to get you. <laughs> there
1: was um, another podcast I listened to. They, t- they have a kid, and they talked about, like, God bless whoever wrote children's songs that are also really good. <laughs> like, they deserve a Nobel
0: Prize. There's one. I'm not singing it because oh. I'll spare you that, but there's one, uh, If You Have to Go Potty. Flush, or no, wa- uh, go right away, flush and wash and be on your way, whatever. And Good she advice. uses that when she goes. Does
1: she? Like, oh,
0: right, that is the order. Good for you.
1: Also, Heaven's <laughs> oh, daughter. Oh, stop
0: and go right away, yeah.
1: Heaven's yeah. daughter potty trained herself in like 12 hours or something, according to Hammond. He's She's a genius. Do you think she's a genius? No. You and your wife are pretty smart. Sure. <laughs> Which one are you confused
0: about? No, I, the, the potty training was like, oh, she learned how to use the toilet? Uh-huh. Does she always do it? Not necessarily.
1: <laughs> she knows what it's
0: for. But she knows, like, oh, right. And she right.
1: elects to use it it's, at her leisure. The conversation we had was
0: like, wh- why didn't you use it this time? It's busy. <laughs> I think that's pretty much her Daniel answer. Daniel Tiger was on. Dude, <laughs> she loves it.
1: Listen, if it keeps them quiet.
0: Oh, I'm not even joking. It's like, oh, she's upset about something, but the baby's upset about something. Okay, older one, here's a phone and YouTube. Go watch Danielle. <laughs> she's good for a while. What are the, we talking about?
1: It's hard to say. That's we shouldn't right. do this on a Sunday night. I, I think we've learned a lot in our few years of recording. I think Friday evenings are our peak <laughs> I think Sundays are a mistake. <laughs> um,
0: we'll get this up tonight. Anyway. It's all good. Oh,
1: it's gonna go up tonight. Yeah, I, was sure. that your last story? I'm done. Haven't hey, tell me um, a happy thing that's happened um, to you since I saw you last.
0: I went to another one-year-old's birthday party, uh-huh. and there were too many babies there. Okay, it was interesting. It was very hot outside. D-
1: did you forget what happy means?
0: Because
1: <laughs> oh, it doesn't usually involve a complaint.
0: It was interesting seeing the babies interact.
1: The one-year-olds.
0: The one-year-olds. Because your kid's almost one. Yeah. Is he? Yeah.
1: Holy shit.
0: I know. They get
1: big pretty next fast.
0: Week. Is he really? Party next week.
1: Oh, I guess I was not invited. Maybe it got caught in the uh, mail. No one
0: was. We're not doing a party because I've been to a party. I'm
1: checking my phone for a one to year see old. my invitation. Yeah. I haven't seen him since he was like three weeks old.
0: So yeah, you same. keeping him away? He looks like a baby.
1: He's bigger. He showed me pictures. He's very cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so your happy thing was you did a thing that my you hated? What? Well, I
0: got out of the house. That was my happy <laughs> thing. I left the house, which counts as like going to a foreign country at this point. Basically.
1: You need your passport.
0: And I socialized. Did you? I know. With congrats. people who weren't
1: me or your wife? I
0: know. Wow. It was weird. Did they like you? I don't know. We That's left.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> we left so, the party. I don't know. So We ghosted. <laughs>
1: How do you ghost with two small children?
0: When there are a million other small children, you just walk out. (laughs) No one notices.
1: Um, My happy thing. Thank you for having. How was how was your week, (laughs) Hammond? It was so fucking. And I really ended on a high note because we um, we spent about a week in Seattle, and then drove from Seattle to Portland to uh, hang out with my friends Lee and Amanda, who were on one of the bonus, ep- the Fables episodes, yeah. who, like, I've their wedding, it's my best friends for forever, um, and they live in Portland now, so we visited them, we went to the, the coast, Ken Beach, we stayed in an Airbnb out there, it was just so, ugh, it was magical, and I loved seeing them, I absolutely adore them, I miss them very much, um, but, the thing, so the first half of my, uh, my trip, or the first chunk of my trip, which I've talked about a little bit, is that um, we went to Twin Peaks Fest, which takes place outside Seattle in uh, Snoqualmie and North Bend in Washington. First of all, gorgeous, gorgeous country. Yeah. Um, And second of all, I was wary about this trip because I know I've seen Twin Peaks a few times. I'm by no means a diehard fan. I've seen a few of David Lynch's movies, and they're baffling at best. Have you ever seen a David Lynch movie? You would know. Mm-hmm. There's. I haven't, haven't answer that. No, you haven't. Thank you. Um, but there is a thing that stuck with me and also somebody's given away temporary tattoos so I still have one on my wrist. <laughs> Don't make fun of <laughs> me. I'm say? not 16. I'll tell you, Hammett. Yeah. It's part of my happy thing. Oh, go Let on. Let me weave my narrative. <laughs> so um, there is in the original series um, David Duchovny plays a trans woman who uh, at times she goes back to Dennis, but she's generally Denise. Um, and they revisit her in the third season, which just came out last year. Are you following me yet? Okay. Okay. So they revisit her for one scene in in um in the new season, and it's David Lynch who is part of the FBI. He goes to visit her, and she's now the head of the FBI. And he does this little speech that, like, at the time didn't have a huge impact on me, but he says... He's talking about back when she was still Dennis and she made bad decisions, yada yada, yada. She would always defend people. And then when she became Denise, she was his laughing stock. And he would tell these people hmm. fix your hearts or die. And that was his sort of way of being like be inclusive or like you're gonna be left behind. And it w- <clears throat> as a straight cis person, it like didn't have wasn't hugely impactful for me. And then when I got to this, it was, like, clearly, like, this... I met this this guy, this trans guy who, like, made these shirts, and he was, like, being a kid and seeing a trans character on a 1990s show, and he made this these amazing shirts, and this woman had made all these temporary tattoos that said, fix your hearts or die. And it, like, for some reason, that phrase won't get out of my head because I think it's really... It's the perfect amount of, like, aggressive <laughs> of, like, the problem's not with me, the problem is... F- with you fuck yourself and it is uh, it's a i don't good know motto. It, it's just like a thing it. that's kind of stuck with me yeah anyway i meant to get a tattoo with my friend amanda but we got day drunk at a winery instead so also we, good. we thought that would be a bad idea <laughs> to do that on the same day
0: i didn't uh, tell you this one i did have a good thing uh this week i visited the folks at ffrf in wisconsin oh yeah and, in madison right yeah and uh just got to see a whole bunch of the people who work there and cool. the interns and they're lovely people. And I write about them a lot. And then, you know, just meeting them in person, all the faces with names and mm-hmm, stuff. And mm-hmm. they have a beautiful building and so did many interns. Did you go for interns. a visit or did you talk up there? Uh, I was doing a, uh, an interview that's not up on their social media yet. Okay. Maybe later in the year or something, but uh that was it. And But I got to... See a whole bunch of people and they were awesome. Oh, that's they do great. So much I've, never,
1: work. I've never been to Madison, actually. A place. Yeah, I like to go up there. Uh, Hemant, where can we find you I on the internet? I am
0: at Hemant Meta on the Twitters. I'm mm-hmm. uh, um, friendlyatheist.com is the website, which is now updated. And, and oh, the, is it? The, there's a new website. Go check it out, friendlyatheist.com. I'm going
1: to have to look at um, that.
0: It looks pretty. Uh, there'll be glitches. We'll fix them, but yeah. it looks cool.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B L U E B U R A E. The bulk of it is gonna be just pictures from or an Instagram B-L-U-E-B-U-R-Y. The bulk of it is just pictures from <laughs> from the Pacific Northwest. Oh, so beautiful. It was also very fucking hot. I didn't stop <laughs> sweating the entire time I was there nice. because not only was it hot, but they usually it's usually not hot there, so nobody has AC. Oh, there you go. And that is not something my husband are <laughs>
0: used to. <laughs>
1: and so there was a lot of like flailing around in bed, like, get the fuck off oh me. Oh my god. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Sweating, it's a pits. We'll
0: talk later this week.
1: Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, we'll see you
0: pretty soon. Now. Yeah. Okay. There'll be more shit happening. Go on. <laughs> Bye, right. everyone.
1: Bye.